It's Tuesday, May the 10th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, another bruising day for markets and more American aid for Ukraine. First, the world in brief. Stock markets in America suffered another bruising sell-off on Monday, with the S&P 500 index dropping by 3.2%. The Nasdaq composite fell by 4.3%. Markets in Asia followed. The prospect of tighter monetary policy and persistent inflation has unnerved investors. Adding to fears of slower global growth, China reported on Monday that exports in April rose at the slowest pace in two years. America is reportedly planning to provide Ukraine with additional aid worth about $40 billion. According to Reuters, the proposal could get approved as early as Tuesday. Separately, the newly re-elected French President Emmanuel Macron suggested the creation of a wider, quote, European political community to help Ukraine, which would otherwise take, quote, decades to join the European Union. Vladimir Putin spoke at Russia's Victory Day parade. He again presented his invasion as an attack on Nazism, but stopped short of a much-speculated reframing of his war aims. Violence erupted in Sri Lanka after Mahinda Rajapaksa, the Prime Minister, resigned on Monday amid protests over his mismanagement of the economy. The announcement triggered fatal clashes between his supporters and protesters in Colombo, Sri Lanka's biggest city. Protesters also attacked members of the ruling party, burning down several of their homes. An island-wide curfew has been extended to Wednesday. Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos won the Philippines' presidency with a landslide, unofficial results suggested. It is a remarkable turnaround for the Marcos family. Mr Marcos's dictator father was run out of the country in 1986. The incoming president has published no policy agenda. Sara Duterte, the daughter of outgoing President Rodrigo Duterte, looks set to become vice president in a separate election. Russia's economy faces its deepest contraction in almost three decades, admitted its finance ministry in an internal forecast. GDP could shrink by 12% in 2022, following sanctions imposed by America and Europe, reported Bloomberg. The Bank of Russia anticipates smaller declines of 8 to 10%, while the IMF predicts a contraction of 8.5%. Britain's Met Office said there is a, quote, 50-50 chance that average global temperatures will be 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels during at least one of the next five years. There is a 10% chance that the five-year mean temperature will exceed 1.5 degrees Celsius. Keeping global warming below that threshold was the more ambitious goal of the Paris Agreement, signed by 192 countries in 2015. Andy Warhol's silkscreen painting of Marilyn Monroe sold for $195 million at Christie's Auction House, making it the most expensive ever American artwork. Shot Sage Blue Marilyn, painted in 1964, was eventually bought by Larry Gagosian, an art dealer, after fierce bidding. 
Warhol produced more than 10,000 works of pop art before his death in 1987. And fact of the day, 46%. The jump in the price of an average property in New Zealand since 2019, which leaves home buyers vulnerable to sharp global rises in mortgage payments. And now here's today's agenda. Peloton's bumpy ride. Peloton has had a wretched year. The maker of pricey exercise bikes boomed during the pandemic, but demand stalled as customers swapped their living rooms for the gym. Peloton has also had to weather several scandals, including the forced recall of malfunctioning parts. In response, Peloton has sidelined its much-criticised chief executive, cut around one-fifth of its workers, and put the brakes on production. On Tuesday, the firm will report its quarterly results, showing if it is back on track or veering further off course. The early signs are not good. One investor, Blackwell's Capital, says the new management has done little to improve matters. On May 6th, Peloton's share price hit an all-time low after investors reportedly lost hope that the firm could make a profit. Other firms that fared well during the pandemic are now running into problems. Netflix is shedding subscribers for the first time in a decade. Welcome to the post-lockdown world. Solvay faces its critics. Directors of Solvay, a Belgian multinational, can expect plenty of questions at the group's AGM on Tuesday. Some will doubtless concern their plan, announced in March, to split the firm into two independent companies, one for chemicals and the other for speciality materials and solutions. But more than 100 questions, tabled by Bluebell Partners, an activist hedge fund, focus on the group's soda ash plant at Rosignano in Italy. The plant dumps around 25 tonnes of heavy metals into the Mediterranean each year. Solvay swears the nasties are trapped within powdery limestone and so cannot be absorbed by humans or fish. Bluebell argues that dumping anything straight into the sea negates the corporation's vaunted commitment to sustainability. Practically all shareholders said they approved of Solvay's environmental stewardship in 2021. But Bluebell has lobbied them to vote differently this year. It claims to have already won over two big American pension funds. Tuesday's Q&A will show how many others have joined their cause. A French abortion drama, Plus à change. Happening is set in 1963, when abortions were illegal in France. And yet the film, released last Friday in America, is depressingly topical. The winner of the top prize at last year's Venice Film Festival, Audrey Duvon's superb drama follows a literature student, Anne, Anna Maria Vartolome, as she races around Angoulême in southwest France, trying to secure an abortion after a one-night stand. She does not doubt her decision, but her friends are too afraid of the authorities to help. The father is not interested, and Anne's doctor won't oblige. Quote, the law is unsparing, he says, when she mentions a backstreet operation. You'll go to jail or die in pain. 
adapted from a semi-autobiographical novel by Annie Erno. Happening is frank and matter-of-fact. There are no contrived twists, nor spiteful villains. But Anne's plight seems more and more unjust as the weeks pass. As her options shrink, her panic and dread grows. Yoon Suk-yeol's Grand Booth South Korea's incoming president has a lot on his plate. After his inauguration on Tuesday, Yoon Suk-yeol must tackle astronomical housing costs and a lack of jobs for the young. He also hopes to attempt reforms in several areas, including welfare, criminal justice and the distribution of powers between the offices of president and prime minister. More challenges await abroad. South Korea walks a tightrope between America, on which it relies for its security, and China, its largest trading partner. And North Korea is becoming increasingly bellicose. On Saturday it tested its 15th missile this year. Tackling all this would prove a tall order for even the most adept and popular leader. Mr Yoon is neither. An opposition-controlled parliament will make his life tougher. Mr. Yoon could find that he has bitten off more than he can chew. Honduras's former president goes before the US courts. Juan Orlando Hernandez's fall from grace will be on full display when he appears in court in New York on Tuesday. In April, less than three months after he had finished his second term as president of Honduras, he was arrested and extradited to the United States. The judge will hear evidence of Mr. Hernandez's alleged involvement in drug trafficking and money laundering during his time in office. He has denied all claims. But he has been implicated in two drug trafficking trials, including one in 2019 that put his brother behind bars for life. Whatever the verdict, Hondurans are simply happy to see Mr. Hernandez face the law. Across large parts of Central America, corrupt politicians can act with impunity, often by packing the judicial system with cronies. Officials in the United States who want to reverse the democratic backsliding in Central America that pushes people to migrate north hope the example of Mr. Hernandez might make dirty politicians think twice. Daily Quiz our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday what name has the European Space Agency given its weather and environment monitoring satellites? Monday, which insects use a quote, waggle dance, to inform others of the location of food sources? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Nayantara Segal, who was born on this day in 1927. Civilization itself is housed in the human being. 
That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 